It is time for your favorite Android podcast from the crew of BlindAndroidUsers.com. Kick back, enjoy another fine episode from a blindness perspective as we navigate Android. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 11 of the Blind Android Users Podcast. Today is February the 20th, 2021. We are glad that we're introducing a friend of ours from the UK, Pete Tolkien. And at the same time, we're going to be talking about some of the things that I've observed with Android 12 Developer Preview 1. And this has to do with the fact that probably this is the only iteration that I have seen ever since I started using those early adoptions of the new uh, OS that every app that I have seems to be working. And believe it or not, even including the notorious KNFB reader that we know usually takes months or almost a year before it becomes compliant. And so I am surprisingly surprised, (laughs) to put it that way, that even the KNFB reader is actually working on this very first preview of the Android 12 um, developer preview. And so, hey, Pete, welcome to Blind Android Users Podcast. And by the way, I do want to mention here from the get-go that Pete is one of those that um, uses magnification and something that we haven't heard from uh, some of our users. And it's good that we have someone who uses that feature of the Android Accessibility Suite. And so we'd like for Pete to introduce himself before we talk a little bit about the KNFB Reader and then move on to other stuff of the day. Pete, you have the floor. Hi, Warren. Yeah, my name's Pete and uh, I live in the, in the south of England. I'm 53 and I, I've got a, a form of macular degeneration that I've had since, uh, since a child called uh, Best's Macular Dystrophy. And so that affects my central vision, uh, but around the periphery of my vision, that's that's unaffected. So it affects things like uh, reading or recognizing faces and, you know, can't drive and, uh, you know, using a phone and a computer, I tend to use specialist software. And as you mentioned, I tend to use magnification rather than text-to-speech. Um, but if it's like a long, if it's just a short passage of text, then I'll, I use magnification. But if it's like a whole page of text, then I'll, I'll use some kind of a, a speech solution, you know, on the phone or on the desktop. And uh, for for most of my life and my career, I've worked in IT as a originally as a software developer. I like some really old IBM mainframes um, that don't exist anymore. And then um, more recent, I would I, I never went to university. It was something that I never really did. Um, so in recent years, I've started a, a degree. I'm, st- I'm studying for a degree in computer science. And uh, having a lot of fun with that. So, yeah, it's all good. I love Android. Been using it for, I don't know, 10, 11 years, something like that. And, uh, yeah, I just like to use IT and, and, and make the most out of accessible solutions to get on with, you know, daily living. Hello, Pete. Welcome. Hi, Dennis. Great, great to meet you. Nice to meet you. Something that I also find interesting in Android 12, which would be of use to someone like you who uses magnification, is that you can choose to magnify 
only a certain portion that you want to magnify. And then if you want the whole thing magnified, there's a little button at the bottom that you could tap on to magnify the whole thing. But you can focus on an area and just only magnify that area. So I think oh, wow. this is going to be something that those of you um, who use uh, magnification will find very helpful in Android 12. And I'm glad to see that Google is refining that. I think that totally makes sense to me. That sounds amazing. I didn't know there was a new feature, an enhancement like that coming along in 12. So, Yeah, it's, it's there in the uh, first developer preview. And um, you go to accessibility. Settings, privacy, safety and emergency, digital open for Google, services and preferences, system, languages, general, digital safety and accessibility, screen mirrors. See, because most of the time, those of us who use speech, we don't pay attention to some of these other accessibility mm -hmm. things. And frankly, I think we need to. And that's why I'm glad we have you here, Pete, to give us the story from the other side of another accessibility feature found on our Android devices. Interaction controls, edit, magnification, off. Magnification, navigate up, button, out of list, options, edit, list. Magnification, shortcuts, off. Public magnification, edit, settings. Let's look at the settings. So, so you can decide to say, okay, I only want to use magnify only part of the screen or the whole screen. And yet in the same breath, like I was saying earlier on, even if you choose only to magnify part of the screen, but if you find that later on while you're using it and you decide to magnify the whole screen, you don't have to come back into the system settings here. All you could do is simply uh, hold and drag. There's a little button at the bottom that you hold and drag a little bit and it'll just magnify the whole uh, screen. So you don't oh, that have to. So I think this is really... Um, I'm glad to see this happening um, with Android uh, 12. Can't wait to get my hands on it. And I think that probably more and more phones are going to be jumping onto uh, the developer or even the beta. So I think between now and May, usually when the first available public beta becomes available for uh, those who are not developers and things like that, um, now, I remember, Pete, you use Samsung, right? Is it Samsung you use or what phone? No, I used to. I'm, I'm on OnePlus now. It's the OnePlus 8T. Ah, so, no, so a, a OnePlus. They're definitely pretty quick, is, aren't they? They're fast. Yeah, it's going to so. be one of those that will jump on that. And I'm almost optimistic you'll be in one of the first betas. You know, um, So we'll see what happens. And then you could you could try it and see what happens. Like I was saying earlier on, you know, um, the uh, Android 12 developer preview one seems to be the one that I've observed that everything seems to be working. And so I was even going to show the fact that even the KNFB reader, for some odd reason, is working. I'm going to launch it. It's a launcher. Open KNFB reader. Opening KNFB reader. Isn't that surprising? Because uh, usually when you when we have a new OS update or, you know, a beta or whatever, even the full release, because uh, it wasn't until like a month or so ago that the uh, KNFB reader started working on Android 11. And believe it or not, I have reset this phone three times just to make sure. <laughs> so I'm going to try to take a picture and I have this book sitting on my lap and I'm not sure 
if I'll just just shoot the picture and see what happens. So there you have it. <clears throat> With Android 12, we have something here at the top right corner that perpetually says that says home. I don't see that in either Android 11 or prior versions of the OS, but there's a little writing here on the right corner, just below the um, where you'll see your battery status, and that says home. And that would be uh, one of the observations besides the magnification um, that is also new with Android 12. Another observation will be, and people might be hearing the demo and they can hear, Eloquence. So eloquence is working on Android 12. That is true, Austin. I totally forgot about that because that was one of the biggest fears that we had because we were not sure if um, eloquence was going to be working with Android 12. And I am surprised that actually it worked. And just like the KNFB reader, I reset the phone three times to make sure that eloquence was still going to be working. And sure enough, it grabbed it from my library, and it worked. So we are glad. Unless something happens down the road, for now, I can say without a doubt that Eloquence works. And Warren, also, there is a sad news with Android 12. <clears throat> Not everything is happy. We have lost a trusted friend. Do you want to talk about that? Oh, the trusted friend, indeed. And the trusted friend that I'm talking about, uh, which was the two-finger hold down, um, when you boot it up and it comes up to the setup screen, for some reason, holding down the two fingers no longer works. And so it's a sad thing to see that that trusted friend of ours is gone with the wind. I tried it and it didn't work. And after I reset the phone three times, I tried it each time and believe it or not, the two finger hold down doesn't work. All that we're left with right now is the two volume keys hold down. And I just I just wish that we had both because, you know, sometimes maybe someone has some issues with their fingers or their hand, and it may not be so easy for them to hold the two volumes down together. It may be easier to have the two fingers down instead, but now we don't have that um, option. So we're only left with one option. Yeah, but things may change. This is only developer preview one. So we may see that thing come back in the final version. We definitely might see it come back in the final version. And um, I'm going to keep an eye on it. And every time I get a new one, I'm going to reset the whole thing and try it and see if that thing is back. But no, it doesn't work right now. All right. And so I want to show an app before we go to Pete uh, telling his story. And, you know, whatever else, you know, Dennis and Austin would like to, to say, I want to talk about an app that I found, and probably this is not going to be so useful to a lot of people that are outside of the U.S. Um, this is an app called NPS, National Park Services. Oh, NPS. There we go. It's the NPS. I'm going to try it on Android 12, see if it works. Explore the National Park Service. Explore the National Park Service. Okay. 
Discover how it serves your community, protects history, preserves nature, educates and inspires. Swipe left to continue, out of danger. Alright. Find to visit your national parks, in danger. Explore news and events, see special content while you visit, and more. Alright. Swipe left to continue. Save favorites and make lists, in danger. Alright, let's move to the next Active page. Active content anywhere, page 405. Download maps, list of places and other content for use in areas without cell service. Alright. So that comes in handy if you don't have, um, you know, uh, mobile access, I mean, data access while you are at the park, you could download the uh, whatever, or before you go, just download the map of that park so that you will have access to navigate using your phone. All right. So, so at the bottom, we we have explored the, the NPS. When you tap in here, you have you could choose to search the, um, the park that you want to go to. Maybe you want to go to Yellowstone, or you want to go to some place, a glacier, or whatever. A Rocky Mountain. I'm being kind of a uh, little bit biased here. You know, Western parks. So, and then you have things like news. Events, events webcams, and then you have the featured one. So the featured one is a Death Valley. Um, it's a place in California. There's a place there called Death Valley. For those of you that are not familiar with that part. In Pennsylvania, I think there's something called Independence Park. And save this park for offline use. So I could save it for offline use. Help button. Off switch, not checked. And so if I tap on the off switch, that will save the map, I believe. Check it. Let's see. What to see? List. Things to do. Okay. Tours. Tours. Visitor centers. Amenities. Gardens and dogs. Park calendar. Park calendar. Park news. So passwords, basic information, right arrow out of the list. And there we have it. So, but then at the bottom, so you got the home tab. Map, tab two, and you have the map. Favorites, tab, three, and favorites. Postcard, tab, four, four. And then postcard. Remember when we go to parks back in those days, you could send a postcard home and things like that. So let's see if there's any news. Amenities, um, Gardens um, switch, check out the list. Okay, so uh, let's see if there's any news. Aha, uh -huh. so when I check that box, it downloads that um, that map of the Independence Park, and now it should be in my favorites. Visitor centers, amenities, gardens and dogs, park calendar, park news. Let's see if there's any news. news. All right, so. That's the little news there, um, but that's how it works. So to see that even working on Android 12 um, is very encouraging uh, because that shows that a lot of the apps, like I said, I haven't seen any of my apps that is crashing yet. You know, I haven't checked all of them. Uh, the one thing though that I like to mention here in passing is that the um, Google Pay is not working. So out of all of those, um, Google Pay is not working. And that will be my little observation of the Android 12 uh, developer preview. As we find more and more stuff, we'll be posting that on our mailing list and on our Telegram channel. All right, boys.
I think I've talked enough. This is like the review of Android 12 after one or two days of usage. That is true. Um, because I didn't have to, I didn't have time to look into the, the various apps that we have on the, on, you know, on Android 12. I mean, like my existing apps and things like that. So after playing with it for uh, a couple of days now and realizing that uh, every app of mine that I have is working there, uh, or almost all, because I haven't found one that has crashed yet. So I'm not sure which one is not going to crash. Um, you know what? Uh, Maybe I should have tried another app that you know people use, but I've tried Lookout. Lookout works. I've tried, um, um, you know, SuperSense, and it, it works. You know, and so it seems like every app that I have works, and most especially if that KNFB reader works, then I think the tendency is that every other app would work because that one was very notorious for not working with new iterations of the OS. Pete, you're going to be telling us about one password uh, manager app yeah. you have, right? Yeah, yeah so that's right, Warren. Yeah. How about we? How about we just? If these boys don't have anything to say, we, we just yeah, uh, let's go for the, the demo. The yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so I, I. A few years ago, I started to investigate password managers, and it's not really the kind of thing I like to try and remember everything myself and uh, just not rely on software that sometimes gets in the way and makes things slow. But um, I, I sort of realized with all the like data breaches that happen these days, like big companies, well-known companies like LinkedIn and Equifax and Yahoo were having data breaches, and there was like millions of records were out there of passwords and user IDs and things like that. And I thought, well, actually, you know, at that time, I was still kind of using the same password or similar passwords on different websites, on different apps. So the thought that, you know, there are databases out there that have got like, you know, my user ID, my email address, and then my passwords, I'm thinking, I was thinking that somebody could, could see that was my password for, say, Yahoo, and then try that on a different service. So I thought it really is time to start to start using a different password for for each app for each website, and of course these days we all use so many, don't we? There was just no way I was going to be able to remember every single password for every single you know um, website and an app. So I started to look at different um, um, password managers, and I first went for the commercial one. I used um, LastPass. And I've got to say, LastPass works great. And I, and I think if anybody wants to use a password manager and maybe they're not very confident technically, then something like LastPass um, on Android and then on on web browsers and then on desktops and laptops, it works really well. Um, and I, I used it for about a year or so. Um, the, the problem I had really with LastPass is then some of the features I was using, the free version, and some of the features I wanted to use then only became available in like the paid subscription. And originally it was like $1 a month. And yeah. I thought, well, that's okay. You know, it's good software. I'll support the development. And, you know, sometimes you have to pay if you want good software. It's not always free or open source. So I was paying a dollar a month. And then after a few months, the price went up to $2 a month. <laughs> and I'm thinking, yeah. And I'm thinking, Absolutely, actually, huh? I've got like a hundred passwords now stored in LastPass. And I'm using it. It's like my it's like my most valuable thing in terms of IT. 
Um, and they've kind of got these golden handcuffs on me. I need, you know, I was kind of like trapped. So, and that's it. No, nobody wants that, do they? No. So I started to investigate other password managers, ones that, you know, basically just you that run on your device yourself rather than being cloud-based. Pete, sorry to interrupt you, but yeah. just to mention here in passing that last week or uh, this week, LastPass came up saying that, you know, hey, you know, as of March 16th, what's going to happen is that you can only use it on one platform, but if you want it to sync with uh, other, um, you know, platforms, then you're going to be paying, uh, you know, the subscription. So just want to throw that out there, you know, so people who use LastPass will be aware of that. So in other words, if you're using it mainly on, say, your Android phone, you can have many Android phones on it as you want, but you cannot say, hey, I have an, you know, an Apple phone, a Fruitvale phone, or you have to put it on my desktop on there. Uh, it's not going to let you do that. But if you, all you want to do is use it on your computer and have many computers as you want. You That's can the advantage that well. to one password. It will give you as many devices as you own. So it may be worth looking at one password. Yeah, well, no, no, no. What is going on though, LastPass will let you have the different uh, platforms if you pay for it. You know, but if you're going to be using the free version, now you're going to only be able to use it on one platform but you could have many devices on that platform as you choose. Does that make sense? They're trying to uh, make a little bit of moolah. Uh, how about one pass, uh, one password? Is it, is it free, Dennis? I heard, I heard that you can have as many, one password will allow you to have as many devices as you <clears throat> own as part of their subscription. It's yeah, not broken. So so yeah, no, but LastPass would do that too. But what I'm saying is that with LastPass, you know, prior to subscription, now you could, as a free user, you could have uh, many devices, different platforms, and they will all sync. But now, uh, as of the 16th of March, what's going to happen is that you cannot use that on different platforms. Uh, you can only have it on one platform that you could have many devices on that same platform. But if you want it, say, on Windows, on your iPhone, on your um, Android or whatever, you'll have to pay a $4 a month subscription, I believe. That's what the price is. So um, it's not that it's not going to let you, but as a free user, you can't do that anymore, but you can only do that on one platform with several devices from the same platform. So um, it's... I think they're they're kind of following what the one password is doing then. All right, Pete. Uh, but I just wanted to mention that, you know, so people are aware of what's going on. And I tell you, so we go back to Pete's uh, story and take it from here, Pete. Yeah. And when this is the point that when one of these companies changes their, their pricing model um, and you've got all of, you know, 100 passwords in there or 200, you're kind of locked into that platform. And, you know, they can just put the price up a little bit now and then. And, you know, and then over time, you know, you realize you're actually paying quite a lot. Um, and they're great products. They're great password managers. But I just, I didn't want to be locked into anything, you know, especially like being an Android user. We're kind of used to things being open, aren't we? And flexible and we can choose our own solutions. So I did some research and Googled around and I found um, a 
password manager format called KeePass. So that's K-E-E-P-A-S-S. And that's kind of like the format of the database that you store your, your passwords in and all your credentials. And um, there's an app on Android called uh, KeePass and then the number two, the digit two, and then Android. So KeePass to Android is in the Google Play Store. It's completely free. Uh, the developer, you know, he, he asks maybe buy him a beer, donate, make a small donation just so, you know, it contributes to the development. And the thing is, it, it uses this KeePass database format, but then on desktop platforms, so, you know, Windows and Linux and there's, you know, other different platforms, there's some software called KeePass XC. So just add the letter X and C on the end, on the end of it. It's completely free software. It's open source software. There's, you know, it gets the source code gets scrutinized by enthusiasts to make sure it's secure. And then um, what you can do is you can have one single database with everything in there, all your passwords, and you can have a copy of that on your Android phone, on your Android tablet, and use the KeyPass to Android app. Um, and then, but also that same database, you can then copy it over onto your desktop, your laptop, whatever, and use KeyPass XC software um, on one of those platforms. So you just have one database, share it around all your devices, and you've got access to all of your apps that require login, all of the websites that require login, and it works works really well. Um, the um, I would say to mention, I use some software, I don't know if you guys have come across it, called SyncThing. Uh, that's S Y N C. I think some people use that uh, sync thing. Yeah, sync thing. Yeah, again, completely free software, open source software. It's on GitHub, and it's on um, SyncThing.net. And this is software that runs on any Android platform. It runs on Windows. It runs on uh, Linux, and it's just um, a really great utility that will um, copy your data across from one device to another. Um, so if you don't want to use a cloud service, you know, if you don't want to use Google Drive or OneDrive or uh, Dropbox, you can sort of replicate the, your files, your documents, on all of your devices, and SyncThing will keep everything uh, up to date. So if you update a document on uh, on one device, on your Android phone, um, SyncThing will make them make sure that it copies that, update, or that updated version onto your other devices. So every device you have um, all has the same version. And of course, then every device also acts as like a, a backup. So, you know, if, if one day you lost your phone or it, it got smashed or damaged, all of your data is already backed up onto your laptop, your desktop, uh, through SyncThing. So it's kind of a, um, a really useful tool for uh, having the same data on all your devices, but also having a, you know, a backup on each different device. So it's, um, it's quite a good system. Again, completely free software. Um, so I'm using um, KeyPass to Android on my Android devices um, and the database, my password database is on there. And then SyncThing takes care of copying that across to all the other devices. And on my Windows and on my Linux, I'm using KeyPass XC Password Manager. Um, and it, it works great. Now, if I, if I sort of go into KeyPass to Android on my phone, I think, as you mentioned earlier, um, Warren, I use yeah. I tend to use magnification, so I'm not a talkback user. No. So, um, guys, just please bear with me while I kind of do the dem demonstration, talk through uh, what I'm doing. Um, sure. I I kind of use magnification. You know, 
every year as eyesight changes, the magnification goes up and up and up. I really need to use TalkBack because I'll be, yeah. I think I'm going to be much more productive. So I think once my phone has got the, there's like this new version to keep hearing about with the multi-touch gestures. So I think once, once that's on my phone, I think it's time to, to make the change. Um, so I'm just, I'm going to go now into, I've got an app on my phone. It's um, so I've chosen an app that requires a user ID and login. So in this case, for this example, I'm just going to go into BBC Sounds. So this is um, like a little streaming app that the BBC have got for their content, their podcasts and their radio streams. So on the front page, I've got the option to sign in or register. So I'm just going to click on sign in. And there's a, now a login screen on my phone. So it's asking for email or username. And then below that, it's asking for password. So when I touch, put the focus on the entry box for email or username at this point my password manager kicks in and it's superimposed on the screen it says fill with key pass to android so i'm going to touch that and okay now because here we go because it's been a while since i've used the password manager it's asking me now to authenticate that because i guess my phone you know i may have left it on a table in a cafe or something like that and so pick up my phone so i've got it set up uh, to authenticate using a fingerprint. So I'm just touching the standard Android fingerprint scanner. Nice. Okay. So it authenticated on my pass on my fingerprint. And now it's gone back to the BBC app and it's detected. It's matched on the, um, the URI for the app, which is like a URL, isn't it? But kind of used for, for apps on the storage system. It's detected. It's the valid one for BBC. And it's saying, do you want to use your BBC password? So I'm going to touch on that to say use oh, that. Yeah, yeah, it's so easy. And now it's filled in. It's filled in my email address. It's filled in my password for BBC. So all I need to do now is on the on the BBC app is touch on the sign on sign in button, and that's it. It's logged me in. Um, so I'm now logged in. So actually, I'd you know for anybody, I mean, a lot of people are using passwords managers now. But the the point is that. I don't even know my password for BBC. You know, it's like 40 characters long. It's using all the special characters, you know, the, all the strange characters. It's using uppercase, lowercase. Um, I don't even know what it is. And the thing is, I'm only using that password for BBC. Nowhere else. So all, and that's kind of repeated everywhere. So every website, every app, um, in the password manager, I've got, you know, they've all got their own password and I just change them each one occasionally from time to time. And then if ever there's a breach and the the data gets leaked and published on the internet, on public internet, it's only that one breach, you know, that one password that's exposed because I'm not using that password anywhere else. You know, if some hacker downloads the database and they they see my email address, but that password will only, only work with the BBC. And you know what? I'll just change it. So they can't even use that anymore either. That's beautiful. I just have a comment on the password manager demo. So if you go to a website called H-A-V-E-I-B-E-E-N-P-W-N-E-D.com and we'll have this in our show notes, you put your email ID there and just click on the button and you will be shocked at the number of breaches that your email ID has been involved in. Yeah, that's 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 a that's a really great website, isn't it, Austin? Have I been pwned? 
and you you spelt it and uh, and that it will it lists all the all the uh, breaches where your email is and the password. And you know, can I mention another website very similar to Have I Been Pwned? But uh, there's one called um, breachdirectory.tk. So that's b r e a c h d i r e c t o r y dot t k. So it's a uh, breachdirectory.tk. Very similar to Have I Been Pwned? You can put in your email address, and it will tell you it will tell you all the different breaches where your email address is. Um, Here's the thing as well. It also shows a few characters of the password from each of those places. That yeah. is yeah. Uh, that is serious. And if you are on the blacklist of the breaches, then you change your passwords ASAP. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I noticed that, um, you know, because I, I use the Google um, and Google uh, password manager does that too. You know, it reveals to you um, how many of your, uh, you know, passwords have been breached and you could change that. So, Pete, take us a little back to when you started with Android. Were there any, um, you know, problems, you know, things you, you know, that frustrated you, you know, <laughs> that Android journey story? Uh, were yeah. there some things that, you know, kind of, um, you know, you were happy with other things that didn't quite make you happy or, you know, things that you yeah. struggled with? Yeah, a few things, actually, Warren, because I kind of got onto the Android uh, platform as soon as it was available. Um, so my first Android device was a, a really small phone. Now I've still got it. Um, <laughs> looks so small compared to the modern phones, but it was an HTC Magic, and uh, uh, the think, Magic. Yeah, yeah do you remember that about one? The magic. You know the word Magic rings a magic somewhere. All right, keep <laughs> going, Pete. <laughs> yeah, and this was like towards uh, like the autumn of two thousand and nine, um, and it was the first Android device available in the UK. Um, but a couple of months before that came out, I'd, I'd spent a lot of money buying a new Nokia phone and it was one of the top end, <laughs> uh, business Nokia phones with like, um, yeah. it kind of held it landscape and the, the QWERTY keyboard slid out from underneath from behind and it ran, uh, an operating system called Symbian. That's right. Um, yeah. And there'd been, a, the reason I'd gone for that was because Warren, you were demonstrating earlier KNFB reader. Well, that had just launched. That had just been published on and on the Nokia Symbian, oh, yeah. and it was this amazing new thing that you could take a photograph. You could be, you could be, you might have a bus timetable in your hand, or you maybe in a restaurant and have a menu. And instead of like asking somebody else to to read it, you could just take your phone out, have a KNFB reader, take a photograph of the menu, and, and just it would speak to you the menu. It was one was big problem. Very, ex- very expensive. I think it was almost like a dollar. Two thousand dollars. Yeah, the the phone and the software on it, and it uh, it took a lot of moolah out of our pockets. <laughs> it, exactly. Yeah. So the, you know, in one way, it's accessible software, but in another way, it's not accessible because it's like two thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I'm thinking, wow, I've, I've just bought the phone. I can't afford the software as well. And then Android was launched in the UK. So. Um, I, um, my son was very lucky. <laughs> he was, he inherited, he picked up this, this brand new shiny Nokia top end phone. <laughs> and I, and I, I bought a, a, an HTC magic and of course then apps were like 99 cents or, you know, in the UK, 99 P or 69 P yeah. just so cheap or even free. So, um, yeah, HTC magic running Android 1.6. So I used that for a couple of years. 
And I think the big discovery for me at that point was uh, Google Maps. Um, it just was like a life changer, uh, being able to get around, be independent. I remember that whenever I was going for um, like a job interview or some kind of like an important meeting, what I would do is a couple of days before I would do that journey. So I'd get the train or get the bus, um, you know, and you have all your timetables there and your rucksack and you, you work out the journey and all of that. I would go and do the journey a couple of days before, maybe the weekend before. Do the whole journey, maybe 50, 60 miles. Find find out where all the bus stops are. Uh, find the front door to the, you know, like the business entrance to where I was going for the meeting or the, you know, if it was an interview, a job interview or something like that. So that when I needed to do the journey for real, like a few days later, you know, I, I kind of was confident that I knew what I needed to do, how I'd find the building, where I'd find the bus stops and things like that. So when uh, when Google Maps was available on a mobile device, oh, that made a huge difference. And But actually, the early versions, they they didn't have route planning for public transport. So no. there, was, there was still a manual process. Um, it's kind of funny, isn't it? It's amazing to think how much it's developed. But, yeah, uh, and it keeps changing. Yeah, yeah. So from the magic... Um, which yep. one did you go to? to well, I stayed with that, H- that path. Yeah, I stayed with HTC, and um, they brought out a, it was a faster phone called the Wildfire. Um, I love that Wildfire baby. <laughs> yeah, great, much faster, great phone, better display. Uh, that one didn't have a trackball because the HTC Magic, although it was touchscreen, it also had a little trackball at the bottom. All um, the Android so- phones at that time used to have that. Yeah, right. So I think by the time the uh, the wildfire came out, they'd already lost that because, of course, these mobile phone manufacturers are always looking at ways of reducing costs and the fewer buttons that are on there and the fewer ports. It saves them money, doesn't it? And so the the trackball had gone with the uh, the wildfire, and um, it was round about when the wildfire came out, um, I discovered that you could load your own uh, ROM, uh, like Cyanogen was the big thing then. Ah, so, there's the Mongolian River starting right there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Pete, you went for a baptism then. <laughs> yeah, and you know, Austin gave a fantastic demonstration a couple of weeks back about you know loading a custom ROM and uh, did a really great job with that. And back in the day, then it was such a scary thing to do. And I think I think the wildfire was still under it was still under warranty when I decided to load a new ROM. Um, oh. which was crazy. And I remember after kind of putting the new ROM on there for the very first time and then switching the phone back on, that first boot, it takes like five <laughs> minutes. And I thought, oh, no, I've, you know, <laughs> I've ruined the device. I've bricked my, my wonderful phone. Uh, but then after about five minutes, it then slowly started to come awake and everything started to work. So, yeah, exciting times. Um, so I used that for a couple more years and then, I was really tempted by uh, Samsung. So the first Samsung phone I had was the S3, Samsung S3. Beautiful phone, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, again, that was a big step forward from... I tend, when I go for a phone, I tend to use it for as long as I can. And so I tend to get about three years, something like that, before I change. It makes sense. You know, that uh, S3 came out, uh, that was in 2012. Yeah. Oh, was it? Right. Yeah, and that was a great phone. Um, one of the beautiful phones Samsung ever made, you know, so it was yeah. a life changer. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then, um, of course, you know, you only get support um, 
for security updates for, for you know a couple of years, something like that, and then they move on, they stop supporting that model phone because they want you to upgrade. So again, I would then sort of start loading custom ROMs to make sure I'd get the latest version of Android and, and the latest security updates. So um, you know, it really it does extend the life of a device. Um and round about then I thought, you know, I really want to have a go at developing an app for Android. So I, I started to learn about how you develop for Android, and then it was all about um, using an, a development platform called um, Eclipse. Um, yeah. And so it was, it was and it's uh, Java-based for Android. And uh, and I developed uh, an app which, um, you know, last week, uh, was it last week you, you talked uh, about Lazarillo and what a fantastic app that is? Yeah, the GPS app, that's right. Yeah. Uh, well, back in sort of like 2012, something like that, I had I'd sort of baked, I developed my very own kind of very basic version, I have a guess, of what would be today would be Lazarillo, but you know, not anything like as sophisticated as uh, Lazarillo. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was um, just a really simple app to navigate you to get from one point to another, and it it's kind of spoke. So it was using GPS, and uh, it spoke directions. I was just using like the clock face at the time. So if you needed to go straight ahead, I would say, you know, go at 12 o'clock, go straight ahead. Or if a person needed to turn right, I would say the now uh, point to three o'clock, turn right. So you knew you needed to turn around to the right or nine o'clock to turn left. And um, and then I added a, an API, Google Maps API, which um, which was free then, you know, for limited use. And it would kind yeah. of tell you what, what things were nearby where you were, if there were bus stops nearby or ATMs. So I got in touch with the BBC and mentioned about this app because back then there weren't many apps that would do this. And um, and it was, you know, I just published it on Google Play Store for free. And um, a radio presenter here in the UK, a blind radio presenter, Peter White, he picked it up. He got in, involved and was interested. So he sent a reporter over, a guy called Manny Jasmi, who's uh, he's a, uh, then he was a BBC reporter and uh, a blind reporter and Manny came out to meet me and it was a it was a cold winter's day so he said oh, uh, oh. you know it was great we had a really nice chat he's a lovely guy and he said okay Pete let's you know let's try the app so I got my phone out and I think it had been switched off at this point you know I was saving the battery and yeah. I switched it on oh no and, and Manny had his recording equipment going and it was a disaster because for some reason my phone couldn't get a GPS lock and I don't know if you remember back in the sort of early oh, days yeah. of GPS, yeah. you know, sometimes it would take five minutes, 10 minutes, half an hour or so, or so to get a GPS lock. So the recording equipment was recording and Manny's asking me about this app and it was a complete disaster because it just couldn't, it wasn't working. There was no GPS for some reason. So <laughs> it was, and that was, and it was all recorded. So then the oh, next wow. day when the radio program went out, that was, that was the demonstration of my app. So well, that, <laughs> yeah, that wasn't too successful, but there we go. You know, things, things always seem to go wrong, don't they? But, you know, so. I noticed that it happening a lot of times, you know, trying to demonstrate something. I mean, even on our podcast, sometimes I'm trying to demonstrate a particular app or whatever the case may be. And I just realized it's not behaving like it was earlier. I mean, it's oh, just yeah. terrible. It's, it's almost like the technology knows, like, when it's the most important time, that's when it decides not to work. So yeah. it happens all the time. Yeah. It is the it is the curse of the demonstration monster. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, Mundo, my point. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! 
So, so from Samsung S, uh, the S3, mm -hmm. where did you migrate to? So I kept hold of that, uh, skipped a model, went to the S5 and kept, and that was another great phone. I was really happy with that. And then and I want to plug in here, uh, Pete, that the S5 was the very first phone, at least for those of us who are blind, <clears throat> that the camera has a face detection recognition and kudos to Samsung for doing that. That was the very first time or else on Android, as blind people, we didn't have a feature that says, hey, you know, there's a face in the uh, camera view or anything like that until that Galaxy S5. So uh, for those of you who had Samsung, just remember that they are the pioneers that made this possible for us on Android, where now we have camera apps that now tell us how many faces are there in the camera view. So kudos to Samsung for opening that door. Yeah, good point. And it was it was a great phone, wasn't it? And um, used that for many years. Uh, switched over to OnePlus 6 and used that for a few years. And Warren, guys, I've got to tell you, last year I kind of did the thing that we shouldn't do. I switched from Android. What, what did you do? <laughs> I switched over to iPhone. Oh, because... bro, I'm going to take your supper tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's, I'm so embarrassed. Well, here's the thing. But it was a temporary switch. So I was listening to podcasts for visually impaired people who like technology, you know, like geeky podcasts and things. And all the time, everybody talks about iPhones are so good and yeah. iPhones are so accessible. And, you know, they are, you know, Apple, they've done so much for the visually impaired community. So I, I bought uh, an iPhone SE 2020, which came out in March last year. That's it was right. kind of like, you know, a, a lower, it was still a lot of money, like five, $600 or, you know, or pounds for me. So still a lot of money, but kind of cheap for an iPhone. And, um, and you know, I mentioned that I use magnification rather than voice. So I always, in Android, I always set my font size to be the largest and I set the display size to be the largest. I think that's kind of like the dots per inch setting, isn't it? So everything yeah. gets bigger. So that was it. I got my new iPhone and I went straight, when I switched it on. That was the first thing I did was change the font size to the largest. And I can't remember what they call display size in iOS, but it was like a similar thing. And then started uh, downloading my apps. And I was just so disappointed because the, the Apple apps respect the font size setting and system settings. But the third-party apps, which is like most of my apps are third-party apps, so few of them on iOS kind of respect the um, the font size setting. Yeah. Yeah. And the um, so I, you know, I selected largest fonts, but then when the apps start up, they would just either they didn't display large fonts or maybe they did, but the developers hadn't tested the layout of the screen with large fonts and just, you know, fields would overlap each other and you couldn't, and screens were kind of messy. So then I went back into system settings and reduced the font size and things like that. Um, and I kind of, I thought, look, I've got, I've made the change of, um, I didn't have an Android phone anymore. I'm going for iOS. You know, you knew it was going to be different. So don't be afraid of it. Invest the time, learn all the short, shortcuts. So I did all of that, carried on for six months, but after six months, just, I found that I was using a handheld magnifying glass whenever I wanted to use my phone. And it was like going back 10, 20 years. Yeah. So like in one pocket, I have my phone. And in the other pocket, I had a magnifying glass, like a 
times carrying, five. Or... Carrying two gadgets just to make it work, you know, some of the things that we used to do. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. And um, and it's not a good user experience when you're having to use a magnifying glass with your phone. It's, um, and you're using both hands then, and then it gets tricky to type on the keyboard, keypad and things like that. So um, around about November last year, I saw OnePlus launch their new, you know, they bring out like the T version of the model, don't they, in the, in the autumn. So I switched. I, I bought um, a OnePlus 8T, which is my current phone, and I system reset the iPhone, sold it on eBay, and that's it. I've, I've just been so happy moving back to Android. I like the configurability. I like all of the openness. You know, you can get a USB lead, plug it into a computer, drag and drop your files. Um, you can buy cheap earbuds that, you know, they, they support like APTX codec, which is like really high fidelity sound quality and low latency. Um, and that kind of thing's not available on Apple. They kind of lock down the codecs. So for like $70, you can buy really good quality earbuds that support super fast codecs. And I've just been so glad to move back to 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 Android. So this is my Android journey. I'm just like from the beginning, and I have dabbled with iOS and a lot of respect for iOS, but it's not for me. As a low vision user, Android all the way is so much more accessible. That's a beautiful story, uh, Pete. You know, we all have been down that road. And I remember my early days with uh, uh, iOS. Um, <clears throat> I actually started with them and how I, you know, I was even still not very good at it at the time. And uh, I utilized uh, Apple Vista, you know, for a while to get me going. And then when I got into Android, of course, you know, um, it, I had rough start getting going and things like that. So your story is same familiar sounding to just about all of the other stories that we've heard. And then, you know, as late as last year, you went back to it. And <laughs> yeah. And then here you're back again with Android. So that's a beautiful story. You know, uh, one cannot say, hey, you know, you've never tried it or anything like that. So it's always good to be able to have that experience and then realize which one it is that you are most productive with, you know, to use the term that people like to use all the time. Oh, yeah. this is uh, more productive on this. I'm not productive on that. But at least you've been there on both sides of the aisle and now you know what it is and what, what meets your need the most. And I think that's what it all comes down to it. It's what meet, uh, meets our needs that, that matters the most. Yeah. And there's no right or wrong, is there? It's, you know, it's, it's what works for you. And, and we're just so lucky now to, to be living in an age where there is so much accessible technology and, uh, you know, moving on from like the, the navigation apps like Lazarillo and Google Maps to, you know, K and FB reader where it'll photograph a book and read the book and, um, and we can download books from Bookshare and all of that. It's uh, the devices that are available to us now really do make us much more independent. Uh, it's, it's great. Now, Pete, I want to mention something here. So my comment has to do with, uh, you know, the app that you wrote, you know, the navigational app that you wrote that, you know, the guy came to uh, film you or yeah. you know, do a <laughs> an interview with you and the app bumped out or you know the phone <laughs> bumped out i should say and uh, so you know pete it would have been nice to see that thing you know continue because i know there was another guy from the uk i think his name 
uh, Les, um, I, I just used to call him Les, and he had the uh, uh, Now Nav um, app. You guys remember? Remember that, Austin? Yeah, so he had the no, Now Nav app, and um, you know, he it was free, and then um, then he you know, he made it for like $30 or something. And I, I guess something happened, I think back in either 2017 or 2018 that, you know, Google, you know, you are talking about those uh, Google map APIs, you know, mm. they become, they became very expensive or have become very expensive. And that has actually kind of killed a lot of otherwise uh, good apps like the one that you are talking about. And I think that's what killed um, uh, less is, um a uh, now nav app. Yeah, that's the thing with APIs. That when they when they were launched and they became available, very often they were free. Um, so you could write an app that could use the data from an API like Google Maps API, but or or even like uh, public transport systems would publish like bus times and train times and things like that. So you could link to them, and then they started to obviously they realised that more and more people were hitting their servers with these APIs and. They needed to invest in their server infrastructure. <laughs> yeah. So then they, they start to charge for the APIs. So it, it's difficult to, to make software for free. And then as the developer, you're kind of at risk of running up a big bill with, with Google or with Microsoft. Um, yeah. So I'm kind of wondering, though, you know, as something like OpenStreetMap, um, maybe I know that database, a lot of um, other uh, GPS makers, you know, have turned to of late because you know, that is free. And, you know, maybe, Pete, since you're now back in school, you know, maybe it's something <laughs> you can look back into, give that thing a resurrection, give it life, and and see, you know, we'll be proud to, uh, you know, see something come from you, you know, one of our own, you know. <laughs> Warren, that sounds good, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to look into it. Gonna, this time is not going to mess you up when Manny comes back to interview you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope it would work. You know, I still wake up in the middle of the night and I remember that. <laughs> so, but you know, these things happen. Character building. <laughs> so, yeah, that's good. Yeah, it could be time for a new app. Yeah. That sounds good. Uh, Dennis, any questions for um, Pete? I want to thank you, Pete, for coming. It was great having experience from a low vision user. Um, <clears throat> You know, if you run into any questions or problems when you start using TalkBack, certainly subscribe to our list and ask yeah. there. Hopefully, everything you will need will be accessible via TalkBack. And if not, hopefully, it will become accessible. Great. Thanks, Dennis. And, you know, it's I really enjoy the, the podcast, Blind Android Users Podcast. And um, I learned, I'm learning every time there's a new episode, like even the one that came out a couple of days ago about Android 12. I'm learning so much, and and it's just nice to have like a a, a a resource that's specific to like Android users who are visually impaired. So, right. So the only good. thing I would caution with these developer previews is the word "preview" is there for a reason. Thus, things could come and go. So, that would be the biggest caution that I would give to people. If you have other phones, um, I would say, you know, put it on maybe a phone that is not your main driver. Um, so I have it on my Pixel 3a, and that's the one I have it on. But I've transferred my SIM card to it that very same day. And so it's um, 
I'm making my calls with it, everything works well. And, you know, tried different, um, you know, Duo and Telegram and regular calls, and I'm not seeing any problems as to the Android 11 preview one <clears throat> and two and three, things were not very good. And like I said, this is the first time I've seen had first a preview of the OS working so well. So I'm, I'm so happy with it, uh, my decision. And so I'm going to be using this Pixel 3a as my main driver because I want to be able to uh, find things that are not working well with our accessibility and report those issues back to uh, the developers. And for those who are in the Mongolian River, the GSI of Android 12 Dolby Preview 1 is now available to flash. But big caution, there are lots of bugs. Well, because you know, it is quoted um, from Pixel 3. That's right. And you could, um, you know, <laughs> Austin. Well, you, and, I, and, and I'm not saying you will have problems, but it does need to be thrown out there. You may have problems, and we are not responsible if you should encounter problems. You are you are flashing and roaming this at your own risk. We at Blind Android users are not responsible if you brick your device miss a step, don't follow the proper directions, grab the wrong ROM, whatever the case may be. If you choose to flash a developer build, you are doing so at your own risk. Exactly. And we're not necessarily trying to you know, uh, tell people, hey, go out and do this now. Um, it's just for those who want to try it. And like I said, if you're going to do this, you want to make sure you have other devices and don't put it on your main driver uh, so that if something happens to it, you know, you uh, it's not affecting your productivity. So there's some a word of caution there, Dennis, and that's really nice. If um, you choose at some point to move it to your main <laughs> device, there again, we at blind Android users are not responsible. Just because we have a bug-free, may have a bug-free experience, does not mean you will encounter the same or similar results. Your results and mileage may vary based on app usage and factors beyond our control. The good news is that, you know, if if you know when the very first public beta becomes available, once you enroll, it automatically would install. And if you find out that you don't like it, you can just go click on unenroll and it would revert you back to your previous version of Android um, version 11. So it's unlike this process of uh, manually uh, flashing it if you decide that you don't want to um, you know, go with it, something is not working right or something of that sort you'll have to manually flash back the Android 11 factory images again. So that's a little bit involved. And therefore, uh, most people, I would say, just wait till that public um, OTA beta is available. They're all is just a tap of the enroll or unenroll. That's it. Nothing else to do. Okay, uh, Mongolian minister, any word of caution? Or we, we're going to bring this baby to a close. Let's bring uh, it to the close. Well, this it's, it's been a great um, you know, time with uh, our friend Pete. And this goes out to every member of our list. If you want to come on live and just have a chat during our podcast, 
I think that's a wonderful time for people to get to know who you are besides just uh, telling them about, you know, your Android journey story, whether you send it by recording, but I think it becomes very special when you come on live. And so, uh, like I said, we wouldn't mind, you know, uh, people coming on and just having a chat with us during this podcast. Anytime. Yeah. And it's a privilege to be here. And you guys, I really appreciate your work, everything you're doing here. And if I can get involved sometimes or whatever, I yeah, absolutely. That would be great. Well, uh, boys, you want to give our info at the closing? All right, everybody. Thank you, Pete, for your interview. It was a pleasure. We thank you all for listening to the Blind Android Users Podcast. If you wish to get in touch with us, please feel free to reach out and contact us at blindandroidusers.com. That's contact us at blindandroidusers.com. Or you can subscribe to our Blind Android Users group at Blind Android Users plus subscribe at groups.io. That is Blind Android Users with an S plus subscribe at groups.io and we will catch you next week have a great week everyone and if you like twitter you can follow us at blind droid users see even me who doesn't do uh, the tweet tweet thing <laughs> remember <laughs> that we have um a twitter account and you can follow us there you know we post things on there as well so uh, it's another way to catch us, and uh, also there's another one, right? Our Telegram. And channel. don't don't that's forget the Telegram baby. group. Yeah, that's, that's favorite my favorite. Baby. Yeah. <laughs> and all of these things Oops, will. Be- I hardly use Telegram and Twitter. So <laughs> <laughs> all of these things actually are going to be, um, you know, in the show notes. Uh, so. Um, yes, yeah, read Telegram the show notes. We, we, we write them up for a reason. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Dennis. We write them up for a reason. We have those things there in the show notes. And so you guys, um, all of the things that we've mentioned here from KeyPass to KeyPass 2 to KeyPass XC and all of that, uh, all of those things are going to be in the show notes just in case you want to give those things a try. And also if you want to find out if your email or password has been breached, all that info that... Um, Austin and Pete uh, talk about we'll put those web addresses in there as well Uh, guys thank you so much beautiful Saturday here we had a break from the snow and so it's a nice thing to see that we may be having the sun out here today maybe we're you know we're up to like 23 degrees so it's a beautiful thing to simply contact us just send us mail to contact us at blindandroidusers.com and if you want to send us your Android journey story to myandroidjourney at blindandroidusers.com. Until we see you next week, have a great time. <laughs>